Hello, and welcome to Hush Plus One. Today's guest is Matthew Schreiber, an incredible artist who is known for his work with holography and laser specifically, and light in general. We had him in the studio a while back to discuss his process. Enjoy. My name is Matthew Schreiber. I'm here at the Navy Yard. <laughs> I'm uh, an artist. I use light a lot. Well, yeah, light. You've that's been major theme throughout your entire career, right? Yeah, you're kind of really into light. Yeah, really into it, and it started with painting. Started with painting, so you were doing painting in in art school. Yeah, yeah. Just a typical. My favorite is just straight observational painting and drawing. You know, look at something and kind of do it. Look at it. Do it. Yeah, paint. from life, not not from photos or anything. Do you like paint? That. Now, still, yeah, yeah, I still do that drawing, painting. Yeah. So uh, you've also done an awful lot of other things with light, including holography, and you can tell us a little bit about how you got started with that. Yeah, the holograms. That was I was in undergrad school painting, and there was a course called light, color, and holography, and it was taught by this really old, but awesome professor. Dr. Ballard in the physics department, University of Florida. He was a very interesting because he was a radar specialist of, in World War II. And holography became a kind of hobby. And and it was the radar, the way radar works with wave, wave phenomena that brought him to holography. And so he had this little lab right next to the worst place on campus, which was the this massive wind tunnel which is a bad place for a hologram lab, but it was filled with cockroaches. So it and it was like noisy. Noisy, but it doesn't work. So uh, we'd have to wait till they turn the, 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 the machine off to try tests. But that was the beginning. Holograms. It's really cool. 1986, I think. <laughs> yeah. 86. Yeah. So did you like immediately get your own gear or were you working at the university or I was at the university. It took a long time to have my own lab. So I worked at different labs, but it was always with in, in relation to fine art. So they had a lab in Chicago at the art Institute. Mm -hmm. Best was great. Then I went to London Royal college of art and they had an amazing lab. And at both of those, I was the last student and then they closed the labs. So oh, wow. I, so I destroyed them. <laughs> amazing. Are, there's not a lot of people doing holograms. No. No. It's, no. A, it's kind of a... It's very small. There's people in New York, and there's a few few places left, and there's some, you know, internationally, there's... But it's all becoming more, like, digital, just like everything else. So the kind of analog type that I do is, is really going away. So you've been working with lasers. Obviously, you need lasers to do holograms, or at least the old analog kind. Yep. And you've been working with just directing light in general. What are some of the other things that you've done that have, your light research has pushed you through? Well, well, there's laser stuff, but just anything with light. It's been because I've been working with so many different artists and also on my own work, I try to experiment with anything. But currently it's video, manipulated video. And I've been doing that for a while. Manipulated video how? 
Can you describe um, some of the things It's more like manipulating the projection, the light itself. So just using it as a light source with projectors or screens. But it's just light. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So who are some of the, the artists that you've worked with and... Yeah. Well, there was the C project that, again, that's in the Getty now. And that was with people, I, if I start alphabetically, like Archfogger, Baldessari, Bourgeois, Chuck Close. Alphabetically. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, different, all these interesting, Lichtenstein, Terrell, Eric Orr, Dorothea Rockburn, Rush, Ed Ruscha, a lot, a lot of different artists. And when did you start working with these artists doing... That was about 90... Four. And were you doing hol- holograms or were you doing... That was holograms. And then that stopped in about 99. I continued it up until last year in a different vein. And then I started with James Terrell from 2000 to 2013 to the Guggenheim. And you were... What were you doing specifically for Terrell? Well, Terrell started with holograms. And I continued holograms through that whole time, but then really I built up this company called Baltic Studio that we produced most of the work internationally, including the retrospective. Nice. So you, you, you made sure that it all worked and it looked right. Yeah, we did everything from the initial sketches to the opening. Amazing. Yeah. So what are some of the things that people are really engaging with right now that you're, you've been working on? Uh, well, there's the project in London that's done, the Mith- Mithraeum, London Mithra- Mithraeum, and that's another light experience type piece. And, uh, you know, the last year or two has been a lot of these big festival festivals that I've been getting into, which is pretty interesting. Just having, like, the one in Tasmania was about 500,000 people, and having that kind of audience is very different. What was the thing that you did in Tasmania at that festival? Giant laser sculpture in this sort of airport hangar, about 250 feet by 150, just a massive piece. Sculpture, no sound, just lasers, and uh, that you could walk through. And uh, So like an atmospheric effect to yeah. show the laser beams? Yeah, there was some, some haze in the space. It was very dark, and you could walk through it, and that piece was called Leviathan. And it was really groovy. I'd also love for you to describe a bit uh, about the Mithraeum. Yes. And what that is and and what you've done with the space. Because I saw some pictures of that earlier when you were talking to the rest of us. It looked so cool. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. It was a Roman temple. It's It's in the basement of Michael Bloomberg's new headquarters in London. And it's a... But the basement of Michael Bloomberg's new headquarters in London is where the Roman temple actually was. Well, that's the interesting part. There was the bombing in London, and that revealed they they dug up this temple. Then the temple in the 70s was moved uh, to the top of a parking garage. That part of London was not doing, (laughs) doing so well at the time. And then Bloomberg wanted to build this headquarters in London and the stipulation from the city was that he had to replace the temple back to where it was originally. So it's this underground multi-level museum that starts with a gallery and then it goes through the history of, and this was with local projects and Cooper Joseph studio here in the city and Foster to replace the temple and then to build what my thing was to, was to make a kind of light I don't know, light volumes 
that represent a sort of the volumetric space that the temple used to uh, occupy. And it, on the base of that is the actual remains or ruin. And so you're you're sort of creating the walls and the the space and the ceiling and those things out of out of light like beams of light. Yeah, like planes of light, which is an unusual thing, and that's what I kind of figured out is this way of collimating the light so that it could become flat and very planar, which light doesn't like to do that. Sure, light likes to be everywhere or yeah. in a dot or yeah. something like that, it always it dimensional. Yeah, it's like spherical. Light wants to, does move out in a kind of a sphere. Yeah. What are some of the things that you did to make that happen? It was a series of like mirrors and baffles and kind of aperturing the light down until it be it using a kind of core center part of the light to flatten it. And that makes it appear as a flat plane. It looks like scrims, but they're actually made out of light. Yeah. Scrims that you can put your hand through. Yes. Except you shouldn't because you have to be a little further back. Than no, you can put oh, your you arms can. through. You can, you can, there's part of it that you actually walk through to get, there's a perch that goes out into into the center of the temple and to go through that perch you actually walk through one of the planes that sounds like a really interesting sensation yeah it's fun <laughs> what are some of the next things that you're working on we'll wrap it yeah on. this the next really crazy thing is this uh video piece for a temple and not a temple the chapel of a castle in transylvania and that's in July. Straight up vampire style. Vampire. And it's for this a festival called Electric Castle. And, <laughs> that's uh, yeah. a great name for yeah, that's a good Electric one. Castle. Yes. It's at a castle. But it's taking this footage from, uh, actually, it's pretty, I'll do this quickly. It's kind of a neat idea, but. You can get in as much depth as you want. <laughs> yeah. It's this, I shot some video in, a, in this beam of light from a, a pyramid that I helped work with James on in Mexico. It's a, in the Yucatan, we designed and had built a full-size elliptical pyramid for a private client and it's this massive pyramid over a uh, cenote which are in the yucatan yeah. which 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 cenote where, where's the pyramid it's a called it's near i mean a, one of the closer towns is merida okay or izamel mm -hmm. is really close but it's in the jungle in the jungle just yeah. a private client in the jungle private cl client and it's called anyway the, there's this and once a year the sun lines up with this tunnel that goes through the pyramid that you can walk in. It starts at a pool and you walk through the, over the pool at the top of the pyramid down into an aperture like the like at the Roden Crater, it's similar. Walk down the staircase, which is at this exact angle for a solar alignment. The beam of light goes through the tunnel and then goes into the underground pool of the cenote. And the first time that that functioned, I swam in the beam of light and shot video, which is a crummy, amazing. a crummy digital, you know, camera that could go in the water. Anyway, that process, when you first align an instrument with light, a telescope usually is called first light when you first test it. And then what I've been thinking about is that was also the pyramid was being built right before the 2012 event where the, the Mayan calendar counts down. So it's like this first light and simultaneously the last time it would ever function before the end of the calendar. So I took that light and I'm working on it now in 
my studio. And in this chapel, there's going to be two very large video projections that are circles that are about three meters. And then you'll stand in, bet in between the two circles and the video is pretty much totally abstract. And I'm using this technique that I developed also in these things called perceptual cells with my experience with Terrell, which is basically, basically uses strobing light that's at certain frequencies that have to do with it's called entrainment and alpha conditioning. <laughs> this sounds like a very, very interesting complex yeah. process. What, what's the effect that you get? What you see when you go, you'll go into this chapel, you'll see two big circles and there'll be this abstract video that once in a while you'll see like a person swimming and bubbles or whatever, some sound that you actually hear these sound from the video, just like water and, but it's going to be strobing really heavy duty at different <laughs> at different rates and it actually what you see is this kind of three-dimensional uh, it looks like a pattern that's floating in space and it's like a geometric kind of kaleidoscopic pattern like wave interference a little stuff, bit that's of? happening in your eyes and your brain so the, <laughs> and that you can also use this stuff called binaural beats which a lot of people are into lately Love some binaural beats <laughs> yeah and, hey, uh, I've been, a, I've been hey. into binaural beats since 1999. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Getting the beat. Keep the beat going. But yeah, <laughs> so it's going to have a kind of a mix. And I'm developing the video now, and I have until then. But it's, again, using the light of the video, not necessarily the image. Or, or What I'm doing is taking this sacred light from the cenote and putting it into another sacred space, into this chapel, and representing the light. It's kind of in a different context. Oh, that's really very cool. Yeah, thanks. Anything else you want to talk about right before we uh, no, wrap up? A, that was super interesting. I cool. wish I could go to, to Transylvania, Transylvania and see this. Is it just going to be up for the festival? Yeah, it's only like five days. But shoot and some, I, you're going to shoot some like documentation of this and put it on I, the internet where I can see it? I, I probably won't, but they will. Somebody will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, somebody will get it. And it's not going to be as, I don't know how shooting the video of the video will even look. I don't know if it'll work. You just got to do it at a really, 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 really high frame rate. Yeah, yeah, probably. And then that maybe would get it. Otherwise, I think it'll just be like, look like a mess. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Uh, thank you so much for yep. coming. Thank you. Yeah. Take it easy. You too. <laughs>